Well, greet some of the writers and good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see everyone. in the world 
like that one maybe prepare the way because I really believe without a shadow of a doubt that we once again in that season where God is calling us to prepare the way for the return of Jesus Christ and we need to hear this I sat on the bed when it was a Friday night and I just was watching what was going on in the world and you know what's happening in our country and what's happening in these little towns and stuff and I, I, I for the first time in my life I, I almost sat there and I just said you know Lord you need to come now you know like enough's enough you know you just need to come now you know the world's not getting better in fact it's just it's, it looks like it's going crazy and crazy and, and I think many of us sitting in the room today if we could go five years back if we had to go five years back, did we ever imagine ourselves being in the situation? Being in the chaos that's in our country, being in the chaos that's in the world, um, going through the pandemic that, you know, we don't even know what it's about. And, and, and we try to understand it and we've got 500 doctors and scientists and professors giving us all a different opinion of what is going around us. But I found that, that during lockdown, when the, when the initial lockdown was in level 5, it was amazing how many people were preaching Jesus. <laughs> how many people were watching online services? How many new people were preaching online services? You know, how many people just engaged in, you know, what, what, what the Word of God was and engaged in, in church life, engaged, even though we weren't in the building, engaged in what God was doing. And I found that, you know, it's almost like as we went to level four, the, the interest in, in God and the interest in church seemed to drop a little bit. Because in level five, I mean, I had people, we had people watching our, our online services that I never thought would grace the door of a church. I was really excited. I was like, wow, look who's watching us. This is, this is breakthrough. I mean, this is revival. This is, this is happening. You know, in level four, um, a few of them stopped watching, you know, because all of a sudden, we start to realize, no, no, wait, we, we only got a, we got a 70% recovery rate, so we're not going to die. You know, then we went to level 3 and, and more people dropped off because now the, 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 rate, the, the recovery rate went up to 80% and so almost like people needed Jesus less. And I'm not being, I'm being nasty, but, but it's a fact. You know, there's an old saying that says, God in need is a God in need. Yeah. And when we were level 5, and everyone thought we're going to die this COVID and we're going to lose millions and millions of people. I'm telling you something, people will hallelujah, Jesus. I mean, Facebook was just flooded with scripture and praise and if you love Jesus and, you know, every, I mean, even the network, the farmer network was starting to crash because there were so many people on a Sunday morning, you know. Now we can go to empty and light and we can watch Facebook Live because there's a little people, you know, on YouTube. But what happened was that there was a need that there was a desperation that God, if something went wrong in the world right now, you know, I'm going to be right with you. And then level four, somehow we felt we needed to be a little bit less right because there was a little bit less chance that we were going to die. And all of a sudden we found ourselves now in level one with a 92% recovery rate and it was like, oh God, we've made it. We're not going to die. And all of a sudden, all of our ways, we started getting back to the old ways. During the pandemic, the things that we struggled, we said it yesterday, and some people are still struggling to come back to church. But the thing is, once they come back for one Sunday, they're not coming. But if that's initial, how do we get 
go back into church again. And, and what is God saying to us in the season? And as I started just to prepare this message this week, and I started to read a little bit about, you know, the scripture and what God is saying to us, I really felt in my heart that once again God is saying to us, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Now, are you going to turn with me to Matthew 3 this morning? Okay, and, and just hang on there to Matthew 3. And then, um, when you want to turn Matthew 3, I want to then turn to Isaiah 14, verse 3. And I'm just going to read from there. But John the Baptist, we, we understand. Okay, let me, let me just start from the So we know that was Jesus' cousin. We understand that we read scriptures in Matthew and some of the Gospels that what happened was that when Elizabeth, John's mother, was pregnant, that Mary came, and we know that Mary was the mother of Jesus, that supernatural Holy Spirit conception, and she went to Elizabeth to tell Elizabeth that she is now pregnant with a child, and his name shall be Emmanuel, Jesus Christ with us, the hope of glory kind of a thing. And the word says to us that the minute that Jesus Entered the room in the sense, it says that John left in Elizabeth's stomach. Because even in the womb, John recognized, or that fetus recognized, the anointing and the calling upon Jesus. 30 years later, we hear the story of, of John in the wilderness. And we all know that John, that because he had camel, he was wearing camel's hair and, you know, eating locusts and honey, not the best vegan diet that he has on. But he was doing all these things. And one day the word says that John the Baptist is, is baptizing people. And he's busy baptizing all the, the people that are coming there and people from all the cities are coming there. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to read, let me read from chapter 3. And you guys get a picture of what's happening. He says that in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He said, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken about by the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the world is preparing the way for the Lord, make straight his path. Will you turn to Isaiah 40? Alright, you read from verse 3. Just bear with me. Isaiah starts to say this statement. Now you can understand, Isaiah is speaking 730 years before this day of John the Baptist. 730 years before Jesus comes walking over the mountain, John is standing in the river, busy baptizing him. I mean, think about this. 730 years, God declares, you cannot tell me this word is not allowed, man. You, there's no way you can, you can convince me that this is a story that is written by someone. There's no author that can bring 700 years from now. But 700 years from now, Isaiah makes thing, he says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, he's speaking about John. He says, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the deserts, and highways for God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What incredible statement. He says that you and I as flesh, and you will see the coming of the Messiah. 700 years. He declares that human beings will see him. John the Baptist carries on and, and he, he, he reads his part. He says, verse 4, he says, Now John himself was clothed in camel hair with leather belts around his waist, and, he, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And 
then Jerusalem or Judea, all the region around Jordan, went out to him. And, he, and, we were, and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But then he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming in his baptism. And he said to them, you brood of vipers, who want, who want you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourself, we have Abram as a father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abram from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And I did baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than whose sandals I am not able worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And with fire. And we know the story that carries on that Jesus comes up the hill and John, John the Baptist here shouts and says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And so John is speaking here, and, and this is a controversial thing within church life because there are three baptisms that we get spoken of. First, we spoke about the baptism of water that we believe and we believe in the full submersion of a person. Why? For the confession of their sins and for the repentance of their sins. Now that's controversial because some churches believe that if they sprinkle you with water, that's enough. Other churches believe that you get baptized when you, you get your name for christening. Um, other churches believe that you can only get baptized at the age of accountability, that you've got to know what's right and wrong. Other people believe that you can only get baptized once you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life. And that's where we are. We believe that uh, the baptism is a confession of your repentance and a confession of your love for Lord Jesus Christ and you receive Him as Lord and Savior. But it carries on and says, now that baptism is done by man. He says, I can do that. So every one of you can baptize those that believe. But he says, then there's one coming now that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Now this is a controversial thing because a lot of people say the Holy Spirit baptism and the baptism uh, and fire baptism is the same thing. Alright? So we've got that out there. Other people believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate entity to your salvation and some other people believe that there's a thing called the baptism of the of fire. Which is, and I've heard a lot of people that have been spiritual and actually felt like they were on fire, they were burning. But I believe what, what, what John the Baptist is speaking about here, I need to share this with you. Because there's a calling and there's a purpose to your life and to my life. And when he speaks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we understand that we receive that on salvation, that when we receive Christ and Lord and Savior of God, we fall with the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we have the gift of speaking in tongues, other times there's other giftings that take place in that. But he says there's also a baptism of fire. And a lot of times we miss the baptism of fire because you see, John says here that we need to be the ones preparing the way for the Lord. And if I to ask you this morning, how well are you preparing the way of the Lord? Because the word of God says simply, it says, go into all the world and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there's a purpose and there's a calling to your life and my life. And we can sit in church every single Sunday and we can simply just attend. We can click onto a link and we can just listen to a sermon. But you and I have to understand today that there's a mandate on your life and a mandate on my life. 
Now, when Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples, it's not something that he said just in the day. But then as a believer, as a Christian, we need to be declaring to the world out there, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That you and I need to be the modern day John the Baptist, where we are declaring to the world out there that you need Jesus. And let me tell you something, the church will never move until we get the fact that there's a calling and there's a purpose and there's a plan for your life and for my life. We can read the Bible and we can pray as much as we want to and we can attend church as much as we want to. But if we do not get the revelation that God has called us to prepare for the second coming, then we're going to miss it completely. You see, we live in a world right now where all we want to be is comfortable. We want to be comfortable in our Christianity. We don't want anybody to rock the boat. We want to be comfortable in our job situation. You know, we don't want to be balanced. People say to me, you know, I don't want to be rich. I just want to be comfortable. My comfortable to be different to your comfortable. But as I read this, I said, God, is it possible that we missed this mandate? Is it possible that we missed this mandate? That we don't listen to the Great Commission? That we don't operate and do the Great Commission. That we don't say out there, hey guys, Jesus is soon to return. Whether you like it or not, when the prophet Isaiah 730 years declares that there's a man that's coming. Let me tell you something, that when God says he's returning, he's returning. And somewhere have we slipped into a little slumber and a little sleep in our Christian life right now. And you know what's happened is, is remember when you've got this big expectation or you know you're expecting a baby and all the excitement that builds up to the baby or excitement that builds up to your 50th or your 40th birthday party or your wedding day <clears throat> and after the baby's born after you've got married and after you know you've done this thing everyone's like phew I'm glad that's over you know it's the greatest day in your life but you're like phew I'm glad that's done and, and this is where I feel the church is right now almost. It's like we've almost survived the COVID and all of a sudden we're like, whew, okay, we survived. But we don't understand that God pressed the pause in church life because I believe that God wanted to reset our vision and our purpose. You see, our purpose as a church and as a, as a people is to declare the goodness of God. Our purpose is not to gather together every single Sunday simply because we want to work, we want to sing a couple of songs and we want to go home and we want to feel good about our Christian walk. There's a mandate that God has put on us, prepare the way. You are one that prepares the way. And he says, no worry about it, we want to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will be so much easier to prepare the way for those that are coming. But John speaks about there's a baptism of fire. And the baptism of fire, many believe, some believe are for, for the unsaved and, and that's coming at the end of time. That's great. That's true. But I want to I turn with you to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to read the scripture that I've read a few times. And I, I really don't want to be heavy with you this morning. But I want to read this and I need you to understand what God is saying. Chapter, chapter 3 verse 9 says this in 1 Corinthians. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. And so what John the Baptist was saying that when we prepare the way for God, they'll be coming into a contract with God. That when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, 
to coming into a contract with him and the contract is that you will spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Who knows that when you enter into a business contract, there's certain conditions. That if you break those certain conditions, what happens? They can declare the contract not void. And so when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the word of God says that you become God's fellow workers. You become God's field. You become God's building. You become the representation of Jesus on earth. And I really have to question myself in repentance message because I say, how well am I representing the church? How well am I representing Christ in my life? Do people walk past me and go, wow, there's something different about that guy? What is it? I'm burning inside so full of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I cannot help myself. I cannot help but to share the gospel. But he says, says, and according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation of a master builder, and I have laid the foundation, and, I, and, and another builds on it. But let each of us take heed how we build on it. For there is no other foundation that can be laid, anyone can lay, than that which is laid by Christ Jesus. So he says that whatever you build on, it has your foundation, it has to be Christ. Now, now I need to get this point through to you. Because if you understand anything about building, we would understand that the most important part about a building is the foundation. If that foundation is weak, there's an error in that construction. If that foundation is weak, the entire house cracks. It doesn't matter what palace you pull on it, it doesn't matter what, what material you pull, it doesn't matter how fancy it looks, it doesn't matter what fancy light fittings on the place, if the foundation gives, the whole house gives. And, and I want to ask you this morning, what does your foundation look like? Is your family, are you bringing up your family on the foundation of Christ? Are you building your business on the foundation of Christ? Is your life built on the foundation of Christ? And what does that mean? That means that, that whatever you say, whatever you do, whatever you see, whatever you hear, doesn't bring glory and honor to God. Because a lot of us just want to walk in the door and not build the foundation. And, and the problem with that is this. He says, now if anybody builds on this foundation with gold, silver and precious stones, wood, hay or stubble, each one's works will become clear for the day will declare it because fire will test each and every one of our works. Speaking about baptism of fire. I want to say this to you. That whatever you build will be tested from time to time. And you've got to understand, don't be wrong, God's not going to kill you and break your leg and teach you a lesson. Or you know, that's not what I'm speaking about. But you've got to understand that there comes trials and tribulations in our lives that test the very foundation that we build on. And either we're going to build with hay with the silver, gold, and precious stones, and we all know that those things become purer in fire. But we also know that if you build a hay wooden stubble, that is destroyed in the fire. And often our lives go a different direction, or sometimes our lives end up falling apart, or our kids are going in the wrong direction, or our relationship has gone in the wrong direction, our business wants to collapse. And we've got to come back to that thing. So what does our foundation look like? What are we building on? And I almost want to say to you, church, that if we want to see the glory of God, 
that if we want to see revival in our nation, if we want to see revival in our churches and revival in our city, we have to get back to the basics. We have to get back to the Word of God. We have to get time of intentional prayer. Listen to me. Intentional prayer. That's not just praying for the sake of praying. That we pray intentionally into situations. How many of us wake up in the morning and pray for our families? How many of us wake up in the morning and we will not start our day? Because God, we want to commit our business to you today. God, I want to commit my staff to you today. Father, may I be a shining light. May people be attracted to me like a moth to a lamp. And help me prepare the way for the people that don't know you yet. Because, Father, I know that you are soon to return. Otherwise, we can just work at our own salvation. Otherwise, we can just make sure that I'm okay. And if anything happens right now, I'm going to heaven. Because I've received Jesus Christ the Lord in my Savior. I've got baptized in water. I'm spiritual. I'm okay. Or do we want to take someone with us? You see, we get challenged every day. The enemy comes, John 10 tends, the enemy comes, God can destroy. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter what gospel you believe in. The enemy comes to rob you to destroy you. He wants your salvation. He wants your testimony. He wants to be the one that weakens your foundation. He wants to be the one that, that, that causes you to doubt your faith and your salvation and your calling and your purpose in life. Come on, think about this. Do you think you were just born? Do you think you're just a love child that mommy and daddy decided to have one day? Your parents did one simple little thing. That took them a few minutes. Believe me. They had nothing to do. Nothing to do with your creation. Nothing. Nothing to do with your creation. All it is was a seed. That's it. God has everything to do with you. The word of God says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The word of God says that you're made in His image. In His likeness. The Word of God says that before the foundations of the earth were laid, He knew you by name. The psalmist writes, he says, God knitted you together in your mother's womb. Don't thank your parents, they have nothing to do with it. You are God's creation. You are the way you are. You've got this beautiful bush of hair or perfect head like mine. You've got this gorgeous body like mine. You know what? God created you. You for a purpose. For a plan, for a calling. You walk the way you do, you look the way you do, you speak the way you do. Why? Because there's people that will only relate to you. There's people that will only hear the gospel from you. There's biker churches out there. Those are the rough. But you know what? They reach a community that you and I will never reach. They reach the people. They prepare the way for God in their differences. And we said it yesterday. We've got to get to a place in church life where our differences bring us together and don't separate us. We all think differently. We all believe in different stuff. 
We all got different, different jobs and we eat different meals in the evenings. We are completely different. But we have one thing in common, it's this. That God first loved us. Amen. Not even loving, He first loved us. Jeremiah 29 says, For He knows the purpose He has for you. The plans He has for you. To prosper you. To not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. And you need to understand that that is the calling and that is the very foundation that God has prepared for. Why? Because He wants you to be a John that will stand up and say, Prepare you the way of the Lord. Then come the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I don't know how much longer this world is going to survive. I don't know how much longer this COVID is going to survive. I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. But you know, this last week I've made a decision that I'm going to live in the now. I worry too much. I don't know. Probably a lot of you guys are like me. I know Gene and all the guys are like me. You know, we, we, we're dealing with problems three months from now. We can see them and we're dealing with them. We're dealing with problems from next week and we're missing every day. We're missing this moment that I'm alive right now. I'm missing relationship with my kids right now because I'm too busy about with stuff. I'm missing relationship because I'm too busy with work. I'm so worried about money that I'm not enjoying the air that I breathe. You know, I woke up this morning, I said to myself, could you feel good this morning? Doesn't matter how I felt. I said, you feel good this morning. Because I realized today is a gift. There's so many people that did not wake up this morning. There's so many people that plans and purposes ended last night. And I don't want to get up there one day. And God said, this is what you did. But oh boy, Kuri, this is what I have for you. This, this is what we, well, come on. We all dream about our kids. Hey. I mean, we just want the best for them. We brag about them all the time. We, we tell everyone when they do something good. We don't tell anybody when they do something bad. Why? Because we're passionate about our kids. We're passionate about their lives. We're passionate about their calling. We're passionate about their future. And I want to tell you that God is like that with you. That every morning you wake up, He stands up and He looks and He goes, Come on, today could be the day that the Becker family turns this world around. Today could be the day that Stephen Collinson prays over a man in the wheelchair and gets up. It's written, it's written. This is what's going to happen. You see, but it's not God that misses those moments. It's Stephen that will miss that moment. Because he's not looking for that God moment. He's not thinking of wheelchairs being emptied. He's not thinking of cancer being removed. He's not thinking about bringing someone to the Lord. He's thinking about surviving his day. And if we are only going to think about surviving our day, we're going to miss it completely. You've been called to prepare the way for those around you. Let me tell you something. You cannot give others what you do not have. Yeah. You cannot give. It's like a Western Province supporter. They scream for the rugby, but they know they really have a good team. How do you share that? And you and I need to understand something that when the fire of God is burning in us, it's easy to give it away. It's easy to give it to someone else. Why? 
because it's established in you. It's burning in you. There's a fire inside of you that is happening. You know, Jesus lived up 30 years and he did everything right. But that day, John the Baptist baptized in the river and he came out. The word of God said that the Spirit of God came upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven declared, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Come on. Come on. Don't you want that moment in your life? Don't you want that moment in your life? You come out of brokenness. You come out of damage. You come out of sickness. You come out of death. And as you come up, God says, That's my boy. That's my God. Now go and do great stuff. Jesus only started these miracles from that day on. Maybe today is your day. I promise you that if you close your ears and you close your eyes, that you can hear God saying those things to you today. That's my boy. That's my boy. You want my please. And you know what happened? That from that time, Jesus' ministry opened up like this. Why? Because he knew he was the one that they were speaking about. They were preparing the way for the kingdom of God. You've been called to prepare the way for the Lord. There is a second coming, whether you like it or not. Believe me. People speak about the end of the world, the world will take none of them. That if you don't get ready, you're going to wait for one day, and you're going to be in the seven years of tribulation. And I'm going to say this to you. Let's get our foundations right. Let's get to the place that when there is fire that comes our way, we can stand. And whatever we build becomes even better. But let's throw away the things that are built with, built with hay, wood and stubble. The things that don't last. The arguments, the negativity, the anger, the rejection, the bitterness. Families not speaking to each other over a wall. You know, or a bar chocolate someone took. You laugh. There's families that are absolutely destroyed out there for the stupidest of reasons. There's men and women that are getting divorced for the stupidest of reasons. There's kids that aren't speaking to their parents for the stupidest of reasons. And vice versa. If we cannot get our own lives in order, if we cannot be in Christ, the representative of Christ is in my own life, that if I'm not able to pray for my family every day, and pray for my staff, and pray for those around me, pray for church members, what am I doing? This is not a gospel about me. This is a gospel about the kingdom. This is a kingdom, the word of God says, that cannot be shaken. And I tell you what I mean, that I might pray to God that when you return, when you rapture us and when we're gone, may this world know that you've gone, that we've gone. May we leave such an impact on the world around us that nobody will doubt where we are. It won't be given up to a pandemic, it won't be given up to sickness. They will know. And I want to say to you, live your life to the fullest today. Become the man of God, of woman that God desires of you. That God wants to breathe into you, life. And start to prepare the way of the Lord. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be whatever. All you're going to be is you. You know why? Because you, God, are more than enough. More than enough. Can a city be changed in a day? Yes. Let me tell you something. The God's people raise their eyes up. I watched the cynical debacle on Friday. In closing, 
my son called me and we were busy working some stuff at home. And he said to me, Dad, you've got to come see this. And we all know there was a crowd on one side and there was a crowd on the other side. I started to his other. And the TV camera pans. And in the middle of these two crowds, there's one farmer sitting like this. And as you stood right there, there was almost an airy silence in the place. That's who you want to be. The man in the middle. You've got the ability to come peace on the one side and call down strongholds on the other side. That's the anointing of God upon your life. But you know what's going to happen? Somebody you, somebody needs to step out of the crowd and just know that whatever you do, if God is on your side, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. You're not called to be part of a crowd. You're called to be part of Christ. You're called to declare His word. The word of God says a simple thing. He says to those who believe, to those who believe, you will cast out demons, you will drink poison. He says, you'll have to seek and they won't be well. To those who believe. I work for you this morning, church. Learn to step out of the crowd. And I want to say this to you. There's only one way that you're going to change the station. There's only one way you're going to change your family. There's only one way you're going to change your business. And that's on your knees. And that's on your knees. Can we stand? By that time we feel like we're right in the middle of that baptism of fire right now. Right now everything we believe and everything we stand for is being tested. And over the last eight months so much has been challenged in our lives and, and the church has been challenged and our belief system has been challenged. And our faith has been challenged Father, to such an extent that so many of us are so, been so fearful that we haven't moved yet. But I want to pray today that we will step out of the crowd today and that we will be counted. That as Paul writes, that our foundation, the only foundation that I want to live on, the only foundation that we want to live on as believers is the foundation of Jesus Christ. And I want to pray for those that have the spirit of John the Baptist this morning, that Father, once again, we will stand and we will start to declare that preparing the way for the Lord because God is soon to return. As I pray, Holy Spirit, God, for a fresh anointing. I pray that you stir and shake our foundations this week. Lord, that fire will fall upon us and our works. And Father, that which is built of hay, wood, and stubble will be destroyed this week. And that which is precious to us will become even more precious. May we keep the main thing the main thing this week. But more than anything, may you be glorified in everything we say, everything we see everything we do and everything we hear i ask in jesus name and i want to say this to you that if you've not received jesus christ as lord and savior of your life or maybe you are shaky foundations or maybe you don't understand the way forward i want to pray the prayer with you this morning and i'm going to ask you as a church to pray with me
and you that is in your home listening, I want you to pray this prayer you said this by Jesus. And I want us to pray it out loud this morning. That's very simple. We say, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we were born with a sinful nature. But through the blood of Jesus, we've been redeemed. Our sins have been paid for. That as we confess them, your word says that they are removed as far as the east is from the west. We pray Holy Spirit of God that you would come and anoint us afresh this morning. That we may become workers. I pray this week, Father, that you will bring people across my path that I may share the gospel with. And I pray for their salvation.